0: Love, talk, radio.
1: Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington coming to you from high above what is suddenly a rainy national park where the Nationals gave them at the beating tonight, 11-4 to 4 in the nation's capital. I know you were there, doghouse. Uh, kind of shocking to see what they did. Noah Sindergaard uh, came into this with an eight-start, nine-appearance unbeaten streak with a 6-0 and record, a one seven one ERA, four walks and 61 Ks and 52 and two-thirds innings pitched over that stretch, held the opposing hitters to a 228, 243, 345 line, and that unbeaten streak, uh, bases loaded, no outs in the first. He somehow gets out of it. It looks like the Nationals are going to have another one of those days. The Nats take a lead in a five-run third inning. Harper, Murph, Rendon, Espinoza all drive in runs. Syndergaard out after just three innings pitched, which is shocking. They said afterwards that it wasn't an issue with the elbow, which has been an issue for him recently, but three innings, seven hits, five runs, five earned, three walks, five Ks, through 71 pitches, and out after three innings, that unbeaten streak ends, and even Dusty Baker's said after the game, nine out of ten times you fall behind, four-nothing to Cinderguard, and you can pretty much end the game right there.
0: Yeah, uh, I had to wonder, you know, the first thing he does is give up a hit to Ben Revere if, if something is not right with this guy. Uh, <laughs> but he follows that up with two walks. Of course he gets out of the bases loaded no-out jams. Uh, just like you would expect it to, but the fact that he got got into it in the first place kind of made me raise an eyebrow. And out after three, uh, you, you just you just gotta wonder if something is not right with him. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. You know, they said it's not his elbow, and certainly someone who throws as hard as as he does, you you worry about something like that. You you certainly don't want him to have to go through Tommy John or some. You know, something fairly serious like that. Maybe it's it's some some weird tweak or something, and you know he's got to pop a rib back in. You know who knows what. But uh, it, it seems pretty pretty clear that that uh, th- things were not going going right for Cindergaard today. And uh, for once, the nets really took advantage of it. Uh, the, uh, the the first inning, it didn't work out for him. He shut him down in the second, but but boy, they really came back in the third. Uh, patient at bats, hard hits uh good base running you know and that that is the 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 one real weakness he has when he's on is that he's very slow to the plate and does not hold runners well and the the Nats just ran on him every single opportunity they had and that was uh that that was a little uh gratifying to see them to <laughs> take advantage of that one weakness given that they managed to get on base like that uh good good to see it was uh, it was it was hardening it it did seem
1: borderline abusive at one point they were just completely taking advantage of Syndergaard there and Darno. I should add uh, can't be all just one of them but maybe it is just Syndergaard but Revere three stolen bases Harper Rendon Estonosa one each six of them they tie a franchise record 2005 through present for stolen bases in a game and all of this in support of Joe Ross. 0 and one and two starts for the Mets before tonight with a two eight four ERA, a 174, 208, 326 line against and twelve and two thirds against the Nathan East rivals. Down one nothing early after two singles sack fly in the first, three singles a run in the second, two nothing New York, uh, four straight hits to start the Mets third, uh, Wilmer Flores with a two run single, four nothing, but he settles in nicely, quote unquote after that, nine straight outs between the third and fifth. <laughs> Ends up going six, uh, 10 hits, four runs, one walk, seven Ks, uh, 94 pitches, 65 strikes. Really did, uh, it's, we joke and say it every time, but he really did recover nicely from that uh, rough start that he had and ended up with a decent outing there. Uh, Dusty Baker said he wanted to go deeper, but they figured he had some stressful innings out there, so they got him out after just six innings, but rough gets the win, seven and four on the year. and. After the way it started, the way it finished was definitely a positive sign for Mr. Ross. Yeah, it, some stressful innings. I, I
0: think that's that's my <laughs> pick of the pick of the game for understatement of uh, uh, of, of the post game. Um, it, it was. Yeah, you know, this this is this is my issue with Ross and Roark as well. Is that when when things go wrong for them, and especially so for Ross, because he really only has two and a half pitches. Uh, he's going to give up a lot of contact and you give up a lot of contact. It doesn't go in a place where someone can catch it. It, There's nothing you can do. And he had, yeah, I'm looking at the line scoring up 10 hits in, uh, in six innings, only one walk on that. So that was good. You know, didn't have any misplays behind him, but you know, there's, there's a certain amount of luck in where the hits go to, to get a chance to make a play on it. And it's, Came out to the tune of four runs against in the first few innings. Uh, okay, he, he put up three zeros after that, but really four runs and against a guy like Syndergaard is is not a recipe for success nine times out of ten. You know, as as Dusty pointed out, uh, he, he he made it stand up this time, but wow! Uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm glad the team got a win and that Ross had success tonight. Uh, this this is not necessarily encouraging as a formula for future success. You know, half
1: of a good start is not a good start. The offense had a great game overall, though, 11 runs uh, on 17 hits. Yeah, Jason Worth, one for three with a big two-run double, two walks as well. So you think he's probably seeing it, though. It might just be a issue with the Mets pitching today. Uh, Harper, two for three, two walks as well. Daniel Murphy, had another multi-hit game, two for five, two runs batted in. Wilson Ramos, one for four. Rendon, two for four. Two runs scored, three RBIs. Espinosa, three for five. Just keeps on going there. Uh, but as good as everyone else was, I think this is really a, a big night for Ben Revere. Four for five, three runs scored. The three stolen bases that we mentioned just uh, a great example of what this guy can do when he gets started there. I mean, they're obviously taking advantage of the weakness of the Mets and Cindergard with the stolen bases there, but he just, like I said, a great example of what uh, Ben Revere provides when he's you know at his optimal optimal best out there and really you know serving his drink, quote or whatever you want to trite phrase you want to use to. Uh, describe what he was able to do out there on the, on the base pass tonight, just kind of keeping the Mets off balance and shaking things up the whole time he was out there. Yeah. And, uh, okay.
0: They, they abused Syndergaard by, by running on him a little bit, but you've got to get on base to run, which I I think is, is maybe why Syndergaard hasn't paid that much attention to that part of his game, because you know, he usually (laughs) doesn't allow a lot of base runners, but, uh, you know, Re- Revere got on base four times. Well, I guess he actually got on base five times. He had a fielder's choice, too. Uh, and he, he ran as much as he could, uh, scored three runs. Uh, and I think this just goes to show you that, that the, the preferred hitting adjustment for a slumping hitter on on the NAS is not just looking over your shoulder. It's looking over your shoulder at Trey Turner, who I understand was starting in center field at Syracuse tonight. <laughs> so... Uh, this this improvement worked for Espinoza. Now apparently it's working for Revere. You know, not not to take away any, anything from his night tonight. You know, because he, he still had to make that that adjustment, whatever it is, or just just have a, have a good night. But wow, have, have yourself a game, Ben Revere. This is uh, certainly what the, the sort of performance that we were hoping to see him put up uh, early on before he started the game hurt and then missed all the time and then. Uh, or started the season hurt and, and missed uh missed so much time and took him so much uh so much time to get uh back into well, I hope this is mid season form and that he keeps it up and not just some fluky thing. But uh yes, yeah, so I agree the stir in the drink with straws of toothpicks or whatever the metaphor is.
1: <laughs> some labored metaphor, yes. you did mention uh Trey Turner playing in center in AAA A Syracuse tonight. Uh, my original question for my game notes was are the Nats getting their ideas straight from comment sections on Nationals' blogs. But <laughs> Mike, Rizzo, Mike Rizzo talked to reporters this afternoon, uh, asked why why is Trey going to center. He said, we feel that offensively he's major league ready and defensively he's come a long way to the shortstop. Danny Esonosa is playing extremely well at shortstop up here. We've got a full roster of really qualified, quality players at the big league level but he's a guy that we would like to see here in the big leagues help us at the big league level, we could make him more versatile and more valuable to us and play multiple positions. I think he just adds. it just adds to his value, uh, seeing him take the balls off the bat, just goofing around in some batting practices. He's got quick twitch muscles. He's got a great first step in the infield. We think that with a little work, he could be a guy that we could put out in center field if we have to makes him more versatile and gives a manager more options to put a really good offensive player in there that can run and help you in a lot of different aspects of the game. Uh, not getting a whole lot of production out of center field, another option would obviously, if you're gonna sit in for any length of time, uh, move Daniel Murphy over to first, have Trey Turner play second base in the infield, and keep Espinosa short, but seems like the Nationals are going out of their way to find a way to get Trey Turner into the lineup up here. and adding another position, seeing if he can play outfield in the minors and, you know, giving Dusty Dicker that option if and when he comes up. Seems like a good idea to me. Uh, I don't know if that's what they're going to do when Eltony ultimately comes up or if they're just testing it out there, but it seems like they want to get Trey Turner up here sooner than later if they can figure out a way to do it.
0: Well, geez, if you want to make uh, adjustments and looking over his shoulder, uh, get him playing first. First base is easy. <laughs> Tell him, watch. <laughs> Maybe that's the, the thing we need to, to get Jim started up here. Um, now, I, I, honestly, um, the, the shift to, to center field certainly seems to have worked out well for, for former national Ian Desmond. Um, so of course, he he was gifted with a, a very strong arm and terrific range at short, uh, sort of the, the errors on routine plays aside. And I'm not sure if uh, Trey Turner has quite that defensive pedigree but if he can be serviceable in center field, you know, maybe league average, I'm not expecting to see him go out there looking like Denard Spann because, you know, it's it's not just speed and hands. It's being used to how the ball moves, knowing where to go to get it uh, that I think is a a difficult skill to learn um, uh, and and something that, that may not come quickly. But if, the way to get Turner up here is to get him to play every conceivable position. Okay, I'm all right with that. Uh, it, 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 nothing else that will get the Nats hitting up and down the lineup.
1: Big news of the day, of course, in addition to Trey Turner trying out a new position, is that Lucas Giolito is coming up tomorrow. He's going to start against the New York Mets in the second game of three. Steven Strasburg on the DL, so they needed to add a starter. Uh, Mike Rizzo has asked why they picked Giolito, uh, Dusty Baker said he thinks he's up to the task. Five and three, and at Double A uh, Harrisburg, three one seventy ERA, three two two thirty four walks. That's four point three one walks per nine, which is a little higher than you'd like. Obviously, seventy two Ks, nine point one three Ks per nine, a two forty seven batting average against in seventy one innings. Uh, Mike Rizzo said he's a pretty good professional package, which is, might qualify for understatement of the night. Uh, he's a big <laughs> kid that comes from a really tough angle to hit. He's got great velocity. He's got good spin on the breaking ball. He's got good boys and demeanor on the mound. He keeps the ball around the strike zone, and he can throw strikes with three pitches. So it's a good pitching package, and we felt all along that all he needed was seasoning and time in the minor leagues, and we felt that he's progressed enough to give him a shot. They won't commit to anything past this, but tomorrow night, uh, We're going to get to see Lucas Giolito make his MLB debut against a New York Mets team that's battling for the top of the division. So no pressure, kid, but go out there and win one for us against our chief rival in the division. Should be really exciting night in Nationals Park just getting to see this kid up here. Maybe not Strasburg levels of hype, but uh, the top pitching prospect in the game, and he's going to be on display in a big one with the Mets.
0: Well, holy cow, the Nats' PR was certainly pimping the heck out of this game between every single inning up on the scoreboard. Come see Giolito's Major League debut, number one prospect of all prospects ever tomorrow. Good tickets still available. Buy them now, buy them now, buy them now. Oh, my gosh. Uh, this, this I think, is an aggressive move by the Nats. Uh, honestly, I was expecting them to go with someone like Austin Voss, uh, you know, to sort of, Eat, eat the innings and, and play it a little more conservatively. I mean, this is uh, this is a little bold. I, I think there's a certain amount of risk involved with this, but if it works out, uh, you're, you're going for the win on this, and it's uh, it's I think it's it's an aggressive move to try and take the series from uh, from the Mets and put some space in here to make uh, make that playoff run. Um, I'm nervous about it. I'm excited about it, and I. I guess that actually makes it a, a good move baseball-wise because, you know, I'm, I'm sure going to be at that game tomorrow.
1: I think everyone in that town's is going to be tuned in for that. Uh, Nationals win tonight in front of a nice 30,000-plus crowd in the nation's capital, 45 and 32 on the year. I think all we're going to talk about tomorrow is Lucas Giolito and his debut, so we'll stop there for now. That's Nightly, sponsored by federalbaseball.com. It's going to be a long, exciting day in the nation's capital tomorrow. Lucas Giolito coming up to make his MLB debut in game two with the Mets. Talk to you after that one, sir. Can't wait.
0: Go ask.